everybody. Welcome on my another episode of this podcast. And today with me, I have a Vicky Paul. And she's not only an author, she's also a coach. She helps people creating their sales scripts and she does do a lot of more things. She also was in a regular job for 15 years and she made a decision and she started her own business. And today I have the privilege to have her on my podcast and she'll share with us some ideas, maybe how did she overcome those things, those challenges and how her life looks like right now. So thank you very much, Vicky, for coming. How are you? Hey, Vincent. Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks. Yeah, it's a, a cool and blustery day, but there again, I'm a jolly lass. This, I'm used to this. Okay, amazing. So yeah, so Vicky, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, what is it exactly you do? Maybe where are you based? And uh, just we have a little bit more information about you. So I'm based in, in West Berkshire. So I'm based in a little place called Bearfield in mm-hmm. West Berkshire, just south of Redden. Most people know where Redden is. And when I when I left corporate, I I was a, a mom. I had a three-year-old and I, I we wanted to expand our family, but I didn't know if I wanted to do the corporate life. I was working in a very busy sales team and I'd spend three or four days a week traveling and then COVID hit. And then because of the nature of the work that I was still doing, I still had to travel. So mm-hmm. it was still very impactful and it just added so much pressure. Mm. And when COVID hit, you know, there was a lot of things that happened. We had a couple of deaths in the family, one of which was my mom. And mm. I really just kind of decided that I've spent, if, my, if I died at the same time and the same age as my mom, then I, she died at the same age as her mom, which already meant that I would have spent half of my life doing stuff for other people that I didn't believe in. Mm. And that was a huge wake up call. So I really struggled to kind of rationalize everything that was going on maybe about two or three months after my mom's death. And I just thought, you know what? I need to stop. I physically need to stop. The world will keep spinning. I need Mm. to stop. And when I stopped, I managed to see everything for what it really was and the things that were really important, which was being able to have an income stream that allowed me to operate around the family. And that, that was really the turning point for me when it came to setting up my own business. Thank you very much for sharing. And I'm sorry for your loss uh, for your mom. And uh, was it that because of the COVID she died? Was it the issue or? No, it, it wasn't. So my mom had a, um, uh, she had a series of long standing illnesses that were exacerbated by the restrictions of COVID. My mom mm-hmm. didn't die of COVID, but it was, it was, it wasn't helped. It was yes. very difficult for my mum to receive the support that she needed during COVID because of lockdown mm. and all of the restrictions about district nurses being able to come to the house. Mm. Um, it was actually, I was very angry about it at the time, but upon reflection, it's actually the best possible outcome because my mother would have really struggled during lockdown. She yeah. she was a very outgoing person. She would have really struggled not being able to go outside um, or have people come to her. So when she went into hospital, it was the best thing because then there was people around her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whilst it was very frustrating for me being six hour drive away and oh. not able to travel, that by the time I got the call that I could travel, it was too late. She was already she was already on the way out, if you excuse the expression. And can I ask also how old was she when she died? Oh crumbs, now you're asking. I think she was 74. Yeah, I'm just the reason I'm asking is when you mentioned that in life, when uh, you've been in a corporate world, right? I think you, you mentioned 15 years. 15 years in corporate, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and some some I I cannot even imagine that <laughs> I've I only been able to stuck in one job for a year, <laughs> never longer, and uh, I I hate being employee, so that's why I also started a business. But I know there is a lot of people who are in uh, positions for twenty years, twenty five, thirty, and they their aim is to do it until the end, until the pension, until they are sixty five, and after they might want to save money and enjoy their life after. But you know, it's like how long you have to live after right when you spend so much time doing something what a lot of people they don't like right yeah the thing that i struggled with in corporate was the i got told to do something mm. and i had to do it the way that someone else would have done it mm -hmm. so i was essentially being sculpted into the cog in the machine and it was ripping all of the forms of innovation out of things yeah so the team that I was in, I, I could have essentially been the daughter of a lot of my other peers, very technologically different. Mm -hmm. I knew about this crazy thing called WhatsApp, mm -hmm. Okay. you know, and, you know, I, I grew up with, well, I didn't grow up with the internet, like Facebook came out when I was at university mm -hmm. and, you know, that I'm kind of like that sort of ilk. So I kind of know technology. I'm not like in bed with it, but I kind of like know the bits I need to know. Whereas some of these people, I still had... I remember one one particular instance. I still had to send through a sales fax. Is, is that technology still around? Is it still supported? <laughs> and yeah. so when we were looking at ways of doing things, because they'd done something for like the last well since the eighties and it hadn't broken, that's the way we still had to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, there's so many other cool ways of doing it. However, yeah. because it wasn't their idea, it was something that really wasn't taken on board, and I got. I found that very frustrating that someone who was who had come from an SME background where it was the let's look at things, let's do things differently, let's look at the value that we bring and let's go for it. If it doesn't work, let's take the learning and move on mm -hmm. to then going back into this company where they're desperate for change. Everybody in the management chain says they're desperate for change. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to actually changing out the cogs at the ground level, they don't want to do it. And I got beaten into corners sometimes literally and i mm. just it was one of the things where it was the i can't i can't fight my own personal battles and fight this it's like trying to push water upstream with a net and then i stopped and then i just really took some time to figure out what the things i wanted to do with my life were and then set up a business around that and at the time i didn't know I didn't know which side I wanted to do more. So I set up a business and I said, well, I set up as a freelancer and then I set up as a, a, a as my passion project. And then I just waited to see where the universe wanted to take me. Yeah, one, one of the things what you mentioned about the when you've been in this corporate world and you were coming with these ideas to change things um, and it wasn't taking on board because it wasn't your idea. Uh, I, I, can, I can just relate to that when I was also uh, working i was coming with some ideas it's like when they don't let you to do with the idea so you you are coming to that work yeah? you are full of enthusiasm and you want to change and you want to do big things and you want to help the company grow but if they don't let you and they push you down every single time so you kind of lose the enthusiasm right and after you are not even worried about any changes because you know that anything what you'll bring it's just gonna be no so they'll knock you to the ground and you will just end up trying, right? 100% right. It's all about, so I was speaking with a coach friend the other day and he says, it's all about engagement and care. So like accountability and care, sorry. 
So mm. you've got to do the things that are going to achieve the outcome that the company wants. And then you've got to care about your employees on the journey to making that become a reality. Um, okay. So you've been in that company and after you said like you had the realization point that, you know, you don't want to work there anymore and uh, you will see where the universe will take you. You set up your own business. And uh, if I can ask, what did you do regarding the money? Have you have any savings or you just went for it and you were like, okay, I'll close some clients. I'll help them to do something. Something will come up. Or have you had the plan like, okay, one year I'm I'm safe and I can I can just see how it goes because I have some savings. Because I think this is a lot of people struggle when they want to open their own business because they don't know how to do this transition from work to uh, their own business because they're afraid of not having the income symbol you mentioned. Yeah, so you're exactly right. So one of the, and I'm going to use this expression, it's a terrible expression. One of the silver linings of my mother's death was the little nest egg that my mom had been building. Mm -hmm. So once probate had completed, there was some funds there that we were able to use to be able to prop up the, comp uh, prop up the family mm -hmm. and contribute for my income. What I would have done and what I was in the process of doing, so I had the real realization that corporate wasn't for me before my mom died. Mm. I knew the I knew within three days of joining this company that I wasn't going to last there long. So my my efforts, so I was only with them for a year, so I knew very quickly that I'd be there for 12 months max. I paid my contribution of what I needed to pay into the family household part, and then all of the rest of my salary my earnings went into mm -hmm. a separate account mm -hmm. so we had built up a repository and I shared this with my husband he was aware with the plan and he was on board with the plan mm -hmm. and we had built up a repository and we we budgeted that we needed about 20 grand that was going to last uh, to keep our current lifestyle the way that it was which was a little bit more luxurious than what it is now obviously mm -hmm. um to keep us going for 12 months we needed 20 grand and that covered my income the stuff that we wanted to do i mean crazy things like going to toby carvery or the harvester you know once a month with the kids you know something along those lines not crazy yeah. and we had built in that like little repository um uh, like put for me to have that like access pot and every month the plan would be that when I left corporate, I would transfer across a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. Now, that fund, that value is different for different people. Mm -hmm. And the way that you work it out is it's going to take you somewhere between six and 12 months when you set up a business. So you need to take on your contributions for your rent, your utilities. You need to look at any transport, food, and you add all those values up and you get a number. Mm -hmm. And then you add on what I like to call the buffer. So mm -hmm. the buffer is always three grand for me. Mm -hmm. So if I if I get to that buffer value, I know that I need to go and start hunting for a job. Mm -hmm. And that, that three grand is two months of utilities, mortgage and food. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is that's my, not my contribution. That's the household contribution. Mm -hmm. So that's what we would need. And mm -hmm. after that point, because it'll take me about six weeks to find a job, two weeks to get like everything sorted in terms of making sure my car's MOT'd and stuff and service and blah. So mm -hmm. I kind of started with the end in mind and worked backwards. Because I went big bang, I literally threw my laptop in, in at my colleague who lived around the corner from me and told my boss to swivel. Mm -hmm. um, very nicely, not quite that that dramatic. <laughs> and I had I had a month off where I was doing some real sorts of soul searching stuff and I didn't worry about the money. Mm -hmm. because I knew that I had a bank account that had some funds in it 
it wasn't the full value that I wanted it to be, but it was there. And I also had some money coming to me from my mum's estate. When I speak with uh, people or my clients, you know, they sometimes they have a job and they're basically starting on a part-time basis. So they have a full-time job and after they are building the business on the side and earn their free time. And, uh, and it's a good strategy, obviously, because, you know, you don't lose your income, but sometimes it can be overwhelming. Not as much, I think, with the time, but also with that, if you are really in a job which is not satisfying and it's really taking a lot of your energy and after you want to start your own business and work, you know, in the evening or something to work on, on yourself, on your business, sometimes the energy is not there because they are drained from that work. And uh, and that, that costs sometimes an issue as well for those people. So they are just procrastinating a lot. Yeah. So that that's really interesting because you're right. And, you know, that there's lots of different caps that I wear at the moment. So I run a business. I've got a passion project. I'm a mum of two. So since leaving corporate, I've had another bambino. Mm. Um, my husband has a job that requires him to travel. Um, mm. And then just to add everything, because I had a little bit of spare time, just a little bit. I also, yeah. um, I was elected this year to local council. So I'm a councillor for, for West Berkshire. Okay. And so when you add all those different hats on, you really need to be very mindful of your time. Mm -hmm. And there's a wonderful book. It's called The Productivity Ninja. And mm -hmm. I disagree with some of the practices in there, but the one that really works is sprints. And I use this. I use this quite a lot. And it allows me to get so much more work done. Mm -hmm. When you're doing one element of work, you do that. Mm -hmm. If something else comes up in the meantime, like you get a phone call from Vincent, um, you snub the call and you write down, call Vincent back. Yeah. But you re you remain focused 100% on the task at hand. And if you think it's something that's going to take you half an hour, give yourself 45 minutes because it gives you that little bit of extra thinking time. Mm -hmm. Then once you've finished the task, you scratch it off your, off your to-do list you look at something else that's on your to-do list that you could do in maybe like say two minutes like change the font on your on your email footers or whatever it is and then have a break and then look at the next thing sprints are never back to back there's always a gap between sprints because when you're running when you're doing a sprint 100 meters you can't do 100 meters and then another 100 and then another 100 and then another 100. even you see in bolt will start to slow down after the after that right so you do a sprint and then you have a break and then you do another sprint. So you get up an hour earlier in the morning, you do your your morning routine and then you do a sprint on your business. You do a sprint on your passion project. You go to work, you do your work and then you come home and you do a sprint when you get home. And it could be, you know, blitzing through your emails and putting everything through into do lists, delegate lists and folders. It may be hiring a, a VA to do all of the stuff that you're delegating out to them. For the nominal value that you pay a VA to do some menial admin, you will be able to generate more income, even if it's not immediately tangible. So it could be doing some social media videos. It mm. could be actually doing the strategy and the content that is worth more monetary wise to your business than sitting there and filing emails. So give it to an admin. Uh, when, I, when I was starting, just to relate to the story, uh, in the book from Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Puri Dad, he always is saying like how big is power in having a team and having the right team and don't be afraid to pay more money for the right people because your business will grow and it will speed up. It will be great. And uh, and I really like this idea. But when I was starting, 
in the past, it was very difficult to hire someone because obviously I barely had some income from my, for my business and uh, and I needed to pay my bills and after uh, to pay someone else. So the VA is definitely a very good way to start with. And uh, But I can see more and more one of our businesses, we firstly had a VA to help us with our service accommodation business. And, and now we have a full, two full-time employees. Uh, and basically I can see the difference, like when they are full-time employees, like what all the tasks we can give them to do. So it's like fully systemized. I don't need to do anything for that business. And it just grows. And it's really nice to see like the power of having those people. Uh, it's just this transition in in uh, sometimes in our head, like when is the good time to hire someone and pay someone? Because you are thinking like, hmm, if I pay him 30,000 a year, I don't get this 30,000, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. So yeah. knowing when to hire somebody is a really interesting point. So interesting stats here from corporate. An individual, so a team of people. So you'll have a team leader who will have a team of, say, five people. Each of those five people will need to be doing, will need to be maxed out at 120% capacity before the business will approve the procurement mm. of an additional head. So they yeah. always run their staff at 100% plus. Mm. In yeah. SMEs, because they need to be more nimble, there needs to be more thinking time. Mm. So staff or businesses in SME space usually employ somebody when that when an employee or team of employees get up to 80% um, efficient, like 80% load. Mm -hmm. If there's a task that I that I can do myself in five minutes or less, I will do it. But when I kind of realize that those five minute tasks are taking me three, four hours, because there are so many, that's an admin job. Because while I'm doing that for three or four hours, it means that that's half a day that I can't bill out to a client. Somewhere between 20 and 40 pound an hour that you're going to pay for a VA. Mm. You know, that's, you know, four hours. That's two, four, six, eight, 80 to 160 pound. If I can bill out 500 pound for that, I'm still, I'm still making money. A lot of the things aren't going to be that immediately transactional. You're not going to be able to, to have an admin do work for you for four hours and then you do some strategy or you do like a proposal or you get some work done. It's mm. never going to be immediately tangible at that time that you've spent is going to be making you more money. However, yeah. if you look at things from the longer game, when you start up a business or when you're trying to pursue a passion project, you look at everything in small terms. You look at days, weeks, maybe a month. Mm. When you run a business and you are the operational aspect of that business, you then look at things quarter by quarter. And, and this just happened for me, actually. So this is very, very recent. So I looked at things on a month by on a, on a month by month mostly week by week basis up until August of this year. And in mm -hmm. August, because I wanted to take time off with George, my oldest, because mm -hmm. he was at school mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to take him do fun things, I needed to flip into an operational role. Mm -hmm. So by becoming sales and operations, and I had a couple of admins who worked for me, and I've already had like my team of writers who were doing some ad hoc work for me at the time when I was maxed, I just delegated more work to those writers. Mm -hmm. And then by doing so, I actually got more time. So because I had more time, I thought, oh, I like this. I'm going to keep this. Mm -hmm. So September rolled around, George went back into school. And I thought, well, do I go back to the way that I was working before? Or do I actually become like an hour operations in the morning where I delegate out and just check things are happening? And then I become the sales agent for my business because I've worked in sales. I know how to do it, right? 
And by doing this, I've actually managed to treble my income and treble my revenue within two months by having this sort of shift in mindset. And this only happened for me right now because it was the right time for my business. It took nearly two years to get there. People who leave corporate today and flipping 10 grand tomorrow, it's because they've been doing a side hustle for such a long time mm. that they already have done most of the legwork. But they yeah. won't tell you that because then you won't buy that course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or all they have they have already connections from that mm. previous. Yeah, and yeah. Very good. Yeah. One of the things what you mentioned, uh, actually more of them, but uh so one you mentioned like when you are in a job or when you are starting a business, you are just thinking like weekly or what is going to be happening next month. And uh, I read a really nice book uh, years ago, 10 years ago. I read it like three times. I think the book, it's very small. Uh, it's in the Czech language. I have it in here, but it's, I don't know how it's in English. I can find after. And um, and that was like a 10 principles for becoming a millionaire or something like that. And one of the things was, that it says like very poor people they think from day to day yeah so you can think of like people on the streets right they just think if they have uh, something to eat or to drink unfortunately so day to day right then after you have a uh, poor people so they they think from week to week so usually they just get the money every week and they live and they don't have any other um, yeah. savings or something and after you have a middle class so they think from month to month right so we have a monthly salaries so this is the middle class and after you have a rich people, they think from year to year. And after you have a super rich people, and they think from decade to decade, so 10 years ahead. So they have a plans. And mm-hmm. when I read it, I'm like, wow, it's really powerful. But it takes a lot of time and practice to start thinking in the long run, <laughs> in the long game, yeah. uh, and to see the things what you'll be doing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's really a good point what you mentioned, because a lot of people, they don't see it this way. They don't look at that like for the longer term. They just want money now or results now. So that's why they are stuck in those all these busy tasks because they don't know if they'll pay someone now, they can get more uh, you know, in the future, in the next six months or a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I wonder then if I can share um so I I I I've read that book about the, the ten the, the yeah. ten attributes of being a millionaire. I can't remember what it's called. Um, uh-huh. There's also yeah. something from Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he talks in there about the ability to, or a successful business has the ability to always make decisions in alignment with their values. Mm-hmm. So when you are creating your business, you need to create the values. So if you are creating um, a mindset where it's the, I just need money now, you're creating values based out of scarcity. And by doing so, it's always going to be very off the cuff. It's it's always going to be transactional. It's going to be, you know, pile it high and sell it cheap. Whereas if you have a different structure by where you know the values that you are wanting to inspire within your company, then the decisions that you make have to be in alignment with those values. When I left corporate, I hated, vehemently hated the fact that a male peer who was younger than me, got paid more money. Mm. I know how dare he be born with with balls and I'm born with brains. You know, how dare he, right? So that that was an irritation. So Mm. I wanted the ability to set my own wages. And I tied this to something that I call self-worth. I believe I'm worth a certain value, so I charge for that value. I also want to inspire other people 
because this is something that a lot of people come up with. Why do I get paid five grand a year less than you? I don't understand. Oh, well, they're blonde or have got this level of experience. But when you've started, when you leave school at the same age, you have the same grades and you go through the same company with the same career path, there is no reason why you should have two people with different monies. It irks me something terrible. So then I also wanted to inspire my own staff, my, I say staff, the own people who work for me, with me, and empower them to set their own wages. Mm. So here, it, so my company's called Tender Response. We write um, public sector tender responses for UK companies, for UK mm. councils. Everyone who works for Tender Response sets their own wages. Mm-hmm. And then they give me an offer and I choose to pay Vincent or I choose to pay Mary to do the work. And I'll chop and change between the people. Mm-hmm. Everyone who works for me is either a carer or a student. Mm-hmm. So they have to be flexible around their hours. So you're either a mother and you, you have to care for children or you are a, a child and you have to care for an adult, like a parent mm-hmm. or a sibling. Um, or you do something within the community space as well that allows you to be flexible or needs you to be flexible with your time. I don't mandate hours because my best thinking time is between 10 o'clock at night and 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Right? That 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 was my best thinking time when I was in corporate. So when I was doing work in strategy and, like, how we're going to achieve something in the marketing space, um, that's when I would do my thinking. But I'd still be expected to be in the office an hour drive away at nine o'clock the following morning. Mm. So something else that I found it very, very frustrating was, you know, I still had to do my core hours, but I still had to do everything else that came with it. Mm. So I put it on its head. So, Vincent, when you work for me, lovely, you get given outcomes. You deliver the outcomes. And if you deliver those in four hours, great, crack on. However, if you deliver them in 20 hours, Deliver them in 20 hours that it's most flexible for you. So when the kids are asleep, when, you know, you're on a bus going into your local town, if it's safe and comfortable for you to work, you do that. You make best use of your time. I'm not going to I'm not going to chastise you for doing that, Hmm. you know, and it's changing the way that things work. So there's someone who's working for me right now. Um, She's been on long term holiday and she's in Thailand. And she's like, it's cold in England. I'm not coming back until the spring. And I said, that's fine. Can I still send you work? And they're like, yeah, of course. I need income. So mm-hmm. she's working for me out of Thailand. I don't, I do not care at all whatsoever. Yeah. And all of the other values that I've brought in for tender response are values that are important to me. So people who choose to work for me, they, they appreciate those values. If being able to choose your own hours, choose the days that you work. So I don't work Mondays. I hate Mondays, so I just don't work them. Um, You know, I've got um, got Hassan. um, He wants to work two half days instead of taking a day off. I'm like, fine, I don't care. And then you've got Joy, who doesn't work Wednesdays. And you've got like a handful of other people who choose their working hours, choose their working days. And it means that you get to do the fun stuff in life as well. Because you you don't live to work. You work to live. Mm. you know you, you do you spend a few hours doing something in order to have fun so mm-hmm. I try to give the best fun that I can obviously mm-hmm. while getting some work done um but there again my company's not designed it's not built to be a you know multiple million pound company inside of 10 years I don't mm-hmm. want to be one of those agencies I want to be um what's what I'm looking for I want to be 
a company that people come to when they have their own values that they wish to uphold. A little like when you mentioned about the values um, with people, because firstly, I heard about that from uh, Dean Graziosi. And when I bought his course, he was talking about it, that in the past he would find people who were suitable for that position and they had a lot of experience and uh, they started, but they necessarily didn't stay long with, with him in that company. And he couldn't figure it out why is that happening. And he realized that he would change it and he didn't care about the experience of people, but he wanted the people who have the same values in life as he, he does, family, time for the for kids and things like that. So he started to employ people regarding regards value. And if they needed the training, he would pay them to go to do the training because he knew that they will stay with him for a long time. And um, so it's something which I really like as well. And I just want to relate to that when we have those two employees working for our service accommodation business. So they have a they need to be on the phone because we have phone calls. But you don't know. Sometimes you have three phone calls a day, sometimes five, sometimes ten. But other than that, you know, they can do whatever they want, especially when the outcome is done, when we need to upload a new property online. I don't care if they do it, like you said, 10 p.m. or 2 a.m. They don't need to be in any office. Important that it is done, right? And um, and then I really like it because we got one um, employee during the summer and he is a student in university. And he said, like, you know, I want to work with you, but I can work only during the summer for those five days a week because I need to go back to university. I'm like, sure. So what about you work weekends on the call and three days a week you work during the week. But when you are on the university, so you are on the university, but when uh, you are out, uh, so you can still do those tasks because we would like to pay you as a full-time employee. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter that I don't work from nine to five. I'm like, no, it doesn't. You can work from five mm -hmm. to nine. It doesn't matter. It, just the task is done. So he really likes it. And he's with us since uh, July, basically. He, sent, he even sent a message to my business partner. Like, you know, because he's studying some business school and he's like, you know, it's kind of boring in that school. I learned more with you, working with you for this past few months than in that school. I'm like, yeah, because it's a life, right? It's not the school. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I really uh, like what you are doing. You know, I didn't tell them to write them uh, me offers of uh, of salaries. And I'm a little bit scary. Maybe I can try ask them. <laughs> so th there was some very interesting research done a couple of years ago um, by some of the, the bigger companies in the world. And I think it was Google, Microsoft, you know, that sort of ilk, huge yeah. companies. When you're looking to target millennials and they're coming into your business, millennials want flexibility. They want to be able to travel the world sustainably and they want to have an income, but they want to be able to pick the holidays. They're not one of these people where it's the, I get 21 days holiday. What? You know, yeah. that that's like one trip, right? They want to be able to go and travel whenever they want. But as long as the work is done, as long as the work is done. So being able to pick up your laptop and go to like Thailand and live in Thailand for three months and then go to America, you know, Brazil, wherever else, as long as the work is done, that's fine, right? And you've got like your core hours that you have to be available for meetings for. Yeah. However, by, by changing your business model to make your business more flexible and targeting those millennials and by giving them the flexibility that they're so desperately asking for, you actually need to pay them less or you have the opportunity to pay them less because the service package is so great. Yeah, yeah. So you've got like the traditional 
So let me take me. So you had um, a business development director, you know, 85 grand a year, mm. um, 21 days holiday, five grand car allowance, um, double OTE, mm. um, got to be in the office five days a week. Um, you have to have a certain spec of car because they give you a car allowance. Um, and you've got to do a minimum of actual worked hours of 60 hours a week versus um, when I started out in sales, I was on 18 grand a year. Um, and all of the same terms were the same. You know, I mean, I got like six grand extra in commission and um, what else? I didn't get a car allowance. So it was like very, very low. But the mm. the, the care package was the same. 21 days holiday. And that was it. Mm. Yeah. No sick pay, nothing. Mm. Whereas now you get like, say, you get statutory sick pay um, after like you passed your probation, which is like six months. Mm. But unlimited holidays. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, pick your holidays and um, 30, 30 paid holiday days, but you can take as many holiday days as you want. Mm -hmm. So you could go on holiday for seven months, but the first 30 days would be paid. So you'd like be in a different country and you'd have to work, but that'd be fine. Um, you got flexibility on location again, absolutely fine. But you still only need to pay them like 18 grand a year, 18, mm -hmm. 20 grand a year. Because if you're getting, if you're getting that 18 grand a year, from a UK salary and you're living in, I mean, hell, yeah. even if you go and live in Czech Republic, I mean, I was there just recently for a wedding yeah. and absolutely glorious place, by the way, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I'm coming back. Yeah. Um, it's what was it? So like 18 grand a year, the, be the best like part of a million like, crowns, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's not a bad wage. Income, yeah. That's not a bad wage. So you could travel yeah. on that. I think it's a double. I'm not sure now because I've not done live there for 10 years, but when I was leaving, it's double, double than average uh, income, and not many people get average, you know, because there is a lot of people they get a lot, but there is majority which they get much less. But it'll be double of the average, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly, I have actually seen sales positions go like the, the starting wage for salespeople go down in recent years. So unless you're physically based in the office, mm. the, the pay for salespeople is going down because people want to be more flexible. Mm. and that there's a trade-off so if you're not asking somebody to work 60 hours a week anymore there is a trade-off yeah totally. so if, if i'm doing 100 percent of my ota 100 percent of my my activity in 60 hours if i'm dropping down to 40 hours there needs to be a third that comes off my target there needs to be a third that comes off which either means in order for businesses to keep the same revenue mm. coming in you either need to employ more people mm. And by doing that, you need to spread out the headcount, like yeah. the salary for the headcount, so salaries go down. So mm. there is logic and reason to it. Also, just a few more things before we will wrap it up. One of the things is um, we obviously met to PSA, which is Professional Speaking Association. We didn't yeah. mention that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Do that so you also speak right uh and uh, you go to different um I don't know what do you do seminars events to companies what is it exactly what do you speak uh, about and where so I mostly speak at um exhibitions um I normally get invited into uh people that are hosting events targeted towards businesses SMEs I very rarely go into a specific business unless we're doing a workshop mm -hmm. I talk about the value that having UK public sector contracts can deliver to business. Mm. UK public sector contracts, I mean, of my 15 years in corporate, I spent 11 years 
in new business, new logo sales, specifically for the public sector. So this is police, it's council, it's ministries, department of, it's the NHS, it's mm -hmm. all of those wonderful organizations. And if you pick up one or two of those big contracts that pay you a value every month, quarter, for somewhere between three and seven years, that then becomes the value that underpins the, your business. It funds your business for that contract term. Mm -hmm. So if your business operational costs are, say, 150 grand, and you pick up three 80 grand contracts a year, mm -hmm. right? So, so in your first year, you're on those three contracts, you're going to invoice out to <clears throat> 240 grand. Yeah. 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 So your operational costs are covered and then some. So all mm -hmm. of the commercial contracts that you get are all 100% yours. You don't need to worry about keeping the lights on. So I'm bringing awareness about the value that public sector contracts bring. I mm -hmm. talk about cash flow. I talk about how you can use feedback from mm. public sector contracts because even if you're unsuccessful in winning public sector contracts they give you amazing feedback that can that can bolster your commercial offering so you can actually become more aggressive and more targeted in your own marketplace by mm. understanding the feedback that you've been given from public sector contracts mm. um, yeah oh i talk about it all i'm very excited i love the topic it's amazing, yeah. So that'll be for another conversation, I think, just about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just uh, one more thing. So how do you feel like since you made the decision of changing from the corporate to your own business and being your own boss? So how do you see it like yourself? Are you happy with the results where you are? And, and if there are any probably tips or ideas you would want to give to, you know, viewers what can help them to, you know, get to the same path of building something for themselves? Oh, wow. Am I happy with it? Yes, <laughs> most definitely. When it comes to, um, so I, I have two young children. I've got one that's nearly two and one that's just turned five. And there is nothing better than being able to spend time with them during summer breaks and knowing that I don't need to worry about how many holidays I'm taking, I can just do it. And that is brilliant. Mm. Am I earning the same money that I did back in corporate? I, I want to say yes. I, I'd be lying though. There, there are some times where it's feast and famine. So there are some, month, some months where I do quite a lot of money and then there are some months where I do very little. And that's just because the nature of the game and um, because contracts are cyclical, they come out in different phases of the year. Mm. So you really have like condensed, stressful periods and then you have relaxed periods. Hmm. Um, the one thing that I would say to everyone out there who's looking to start a business is it's very difficult to kind of justify your me time, like having time for you when you're building a business. Because every moment that you have available, that you're down the gym, in the spa, having lunch out with the girls or your friends, it's time that you're not, in inverted commas, working. Whereas actually you are, and it's incredibly important to make sure that you ring fence your you time. Of the times in the last two years, two and a half years now, mm -hmm. where I really struggled mentally, physically, I felt really run down, it's mm -hmm. because I've had no me time. Yeah. 
So me time is scheduled now. I have reading time scheduled. I've got spa time scheduled. And I go even if I'm just going by myself because I know that that time is desperately needed. And when I'm there, whilst I'm not, I tell myself not to think about work, think about something else. Mm. My subconscious brain is working on the answers to the questions that I was unable to answer during the day. So mm. my brain is still working on it. It just means that when I come back, once I finish my break or whatever it is that I'm doing, my brain is ready with the answers. It's it's like an old PC that's still trying to cache. Mm. You get like the you get the wheel of death. And then mm -hmm. eventually you have to wait a period of time and it gives you the image. Mm -hmm. if, if you're young enough, Vincent, to remember the, the old dial-up internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My brain's a bit like that. So when it's when I come back to work, it's finished caching. It's finished downloading the picture mm -hmm. and I'm able to go. And mm -hmm. I, I actually work faster when I have more me time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So don't, don't skimp on the me time. Yeah, it's a very good advice what you are giving the me time. And uh, I can just say to you that, that when I started uh, working on my business, I'm doing it for a long time now, 10 years roughly in UK. And and I was just like business, business, business. And um, and I was getting to those points like, you know, burning out because it was always just a business and I wouldn't care about myself as much about, you know, my health or, you know, what I'm doing. And now in the past you know, I don't know how long, maybe a year, but really a lot in the past six months, I'm doing a lot of morning routines and doing different things just to focus, you know, because body and mind are connected just to have that me time. And it really helped with the, what you mentioned in the beginning, the focus, you know, having that one hour of, I don't know, writing a book or doing those things, which will help you to grow your business. And not having the me time sometimes like if you do this one hour you get those distractions and sometimes you are not aware you are not fully focused but i think the meantime it really helps to gain the energy back and uh and you can achieve much more so definitely i agree with that advice and i would encourage everybody <laughs> to do it yeah even if it's only half an hour or walking to the bakery that's still your you time listen to crazy music or mm -hmm. or dance or dance your way there Make yeah. sure that you do something for you every day, even if it's even if it's 20 minutes. So I think I will wrap it up. We had a good timing. So thank you very much, Vicky, for uh, coming for the podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to meet you in a person again soon. <laughs> thank you, Vincent, for having me. And I look forward to seeing you again soon, too.